0: First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't generate amusing holiday cards, but it will personalize career paths for your people and let you know which suppliers are best so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real world results. That's SAP Business AI.
1: This is Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate
0: Davis. And I'm Fast Company Assistant Editor, Anissa Purvisari-Horan. This week,
1: we're going to address the etiquette and the best practices around what you should do and shouldn't do when it comes to following up after a job interview. So, Nisa, what's the most difficult situation
0: you've been in when you're following up from a job interview? So this probably won't come as a surprise, but I've experienced a lot of ghosting. And to be honest, these days, I kind of almost expect it as a form of rejection or, uh, you know, we're going to move on. So it doesn't really surprise me when it happens after the first interview. But I feel like it does get a little awkward when it happens at the later stage and the company has shown interest in moving forward because, you know, you've kind of had a lot of discussion and it's like, well, what now?
1: Yeah, you put a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah.
0: Like one instance, I went to two interviews. They were both like panel interviews, you know, with like three different people. I completed two take-home tests, which we in the journalism world called the edit test. Yes. And, you know, they told me, okay, you know, we'll get back to you soon. Of course, the hiring manager just ghosted me. And several weeks later, I think I was scrolling through Twitter, and then I found that the hiring manager was stepping down from his role. So I ended up emailing someone in HR who we'd never corresponded with, but she'd been copied in our correspondence, probably just to keep track. and. You know, luckily she actually answered and said, oh, in light of this person's departure, we're rethinking about what we're doing with this role.
1: I mean, at least you got an answer on one hand, but on the other hand, like you shouldn't have to do that kind of like sleuthing to, to just get like a straight, sorry, we're not interested, you know, yeah. courtesy. And I do I do feel very strongly that hiring managers owe it as a minimum to somebody who put in that kind of work, but it does not take a lot to say I'm sorry, we ended up going in a different
0: direction. Yeah, you know, obviously as a candidate, it was disappointing to hear, but I really appreciated the honesty because the young me, you know, if they just never told me that, I would have been thinking about whether I did anything wrong. And in this case, it literally wasn't. It was just, they didn't know what they were doing with that role. And in my situation, it ended up being okay because shortly after that, I got hired here. Yeah, see, so thank you, whoever that so was. Who ghosted. <laughs> ghosted you, yep. <laughs> So, okay, I'm interested from your perspective as a hiring manager. You know, you've hired a lot of people. Why do you think following up after the interview is so important?
1: So from a, a candidate's perspective or the impression that a candidate leaves on the, the hiring manager, I think it's very important. And I think it's a part that sometimes gets overlooked when it comes to like interview preparation. That follow-up can really change. Sometimes it can change a bad impression or it can really cement a good impression. There's the most basic is the thank you email. But then there's the like the step beyond is I really enjoyed what we talked about. It made me think about this. And here's some other ideas or something like really can help excel your impression that you made in your standing as a candidate or not doing it. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't tank you, but it certainly doesn't help.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I think um, sometimes also from a candidate's perspective, the scary thing, not I shouldn't say scary, but I guess the kind of confusing thing is also not knowing, like I said, what is happening from the company side. Like, you know, you send a thank you note and I get that it's really important. But then it's kind of like, what happens after that? Because sometimes you hear back immediately. Sometimes you don't hear
1: back at all. You know your role, but like what should be your expectations on the company's role or the hiring manager's role. Yeah. And unfortunately, because there is that kind of like power dynamic where you're the one that wants the job, they're not under any obligation or there's no like best practices, etiquette that they're supposed to or have to follow as far as like what they're telling you. You know, here's our timeline or anything like that. But I do believe just in the same way that I believe it's the hiring manager's responsibility to say, hey, we've gone in a different direction when they've gone in a different direction, is to give the candidate either in the interview or after they send that thank you note the expectation of, you know, here's my timeline where we're interviewing other candidates. We're looking to make a decision by the end of the month. Or we're really in the beginning stages or or if, like you said, like something big has changed, like our budget has completely changed and we're not sure we can even hire for this role anymore. Like you don't want to burn bridges, especially in the talent market that we're in now. You don't want to burn bridges as a company or as a hiring manager in the same way that a candidate doesn't want to burn bridges, you know, as in making a good impression because what if you do want to hire that person later you know or you'll your paths will cross another time you've left a really bad impression if you've just ghosted them
0: yeah so it's it's a two-way street i feel and i totally understand that when that isn't in your control as a candidate doing something small like following up on an interview is something you can control and something you can do to try and make a better impression and I think that you're right that it can present an opportunity for candidates to show the hiring manager that they are the right person for the job, particularly if they're tactical or their follow up.
1: Yeah. So let's let's make it clear what we mean about that because we're not we're certainly not talking about following up every other day. <laughs> no,
0: we're definitely not. Actually there's one of the misconceptions I want to address in the podcast because I definitely have heard people who have boasted about how they did that and they just like you know kept annoying the person until they and they just wouldn't take no for an answer that's
1: so horrible that's like the the bad like i wore her down until she said yes to a date like is that really how you want to get a date or a job or you know just like i just annoyed them until they gave me an answer you know yeah
0: i'm not saying that it will never work because clearly these people got a job by you know wearing down a key contact in the company but i think that the risk of you annoying that person and them just like blocking, you know, putting you on their blacklist, which I'm sure happens <laughs> when it comes to hiring, is greater than if you are tactical, or if you follow up. Yeah, 100 percent. It would definitely annoy me if somebody was
1: like emailing me every other day like, so, well, well. And I think, you know, when it comes to following up etiquette, one of the first things you should do, you know, is ask like ask the hiring manager. It's one of the the appropriate questions maybe at the end of the interview is asking the hiring manager, so what's your time frame? You know, what are you looking at? You set the expectation right there so you don't have to then be like, so is this the week? Is this the week? You know, like if they said we're looking to make a decision by the end of the month and the end of the month comes and you give it a few extra days, you haven't heard anything, then it makes sense to follow up, you know. Uh, so... And actually, Vicky Slemme, a career expert at Monster, says that once the hiring manager tells you that, like tells you what the time frame is, you should tell them that you understand how busy they are and that things stall and that you are planning to follow up if you haven't heard from them by a certain amount of time. So they're setting, the hiring manager sets the expectation, and then you as a candidate also set the
0: expectation of here's when I'm going to then follow up. I never did that, but I feel like that's such a smart thing to do because not only are you giving them a heads up so they don't get annoyed if you, you know, if they do give the expectation that they are going to get back to you by the end of the week and they haven't, and you tell them, you know, that you are following up, you're giving them a heads up. But I feel like it's also a way for you to show them that you will do what you say you'll do. Or, you know, you're someone who can meet deadlines because you're kind of setting a deadline for yourself to follow up.
1: Yeah, it's a good like practice of like, this is the type of person I am to work with. You know, Mm -hmm. I say what I'm going to do and I do it and I follow up on my deadlines. I meet my deadlines. And, you know, it's possible, of course, that you could get silence from the company because sometimes that happens. And, you know, especially if it's something like a restructuring is going on or something, they're not going to be eager to to broadcast that. Um, And they'd rather tell you once they've made a decision, but uh, they can give you that answer. You know, they can say, well, we're not ready to give you a decision yet. You know, here's whatever. So, yeah, Vicky from Monster.com actually recommends following up every 10 days to two weeks. She personally recommends that as a follow up because it's helped her retain them as top of mind from like the hundreds of other employees they have to deal with. It's not annoying. It's not an everyday sort of thing, but it's like, okay, I waited two weeks. Let me remind you again. I mean, hopefully it doesn't draw out, you know, much. <laughs> <laughs> You're like months and months and months and months. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like after a certain point, you just have to cut
0: your losses. Yeah. You're like this is probably not. Gonna you know work what I've to-
1: actually done before? You know, I've had interviews that have gone really well, gone through all the edit tests and everything and then been ghosted, like mm-hmm. haven't heard anything. And I have sent an email that said, I assume you've decided to go in a different direction. And I Gun. love that because <laughs> I'm just like, if you're not you're like I just assume if I sent I did all of this work and you don't even say anything like I guess you don't want me. Right. And the times that I've done that, the one time that I did that, the person emailed back and they said oh actually no we're still like in the process of deciding and i had decided in my head i'm like well i don't want the job yeah. at this point but yeah it was like one of those long drawn out processes and i was like you guilt them into
0: responding <laughs> pretty smart. much yep <laughs>
1: yep Okay, so let's talk about that follow-up message, that thank you note. What should we write in it and how should people go about it?
0: Well, your first follow-up should definitely be a thank you note. But we're going to talk about that later because we have some listener questions that touch on that. But not too long ago, I remember writing a story about how to follow up a note without being annoying. And one of the things I learned from, you know, talking to email follow-up experts, was that you should always assume the person you're following up with has more pressing matters to attend to than writing or replying to your email. And now granted, I wrote this piece with a general business context in mind, so you know, it's not specific to hiring, but I actually think that it still works when it comes to following up with a job interview as well. Because when you force yourself to think about it from the hiring manager's point of view, you're forced to craft a message that makes them want to read and reply to your message.
1: Yeah, and also I will say, um, I love getting the thank you note follow-ups, you know, from interviews. And I've gotten lots of great ones that have said, oh, I loved when we talked about this and had other ideas. But there's also sometimes not a lot for me to say back to that other than, Thanks. Like, yeah. like how, you know, it's like, great. Nice you. to meet you, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, thank you for your thank you note. You know, I mean, sometimes I don't think every email needs a reply. And I think, you know, you should manage that expectation, too, of of maybe the the next reply is the next step and not necessarily like a response to that particular message. And I think, you know, a hiring manager is definitely not going to reply to like a long rambling email. So keeping it short and succinct is is very important. You know, that said, you can always differentiate yourself by reiterating um, something in, you talked about in the interview, um, something that's very unique to your conversation that you had. You know, that's a way to make yourself stand out and, and use the space wisely and not just be like, thank you for meeting with me. You know, like have an extra thing that you're
0: saying, or an extra reason to write. Yeah, I think with a thank you note, it is true that you can't always reply. I guess in terms of in terms of, you know, when you want the hiring manager to be motivated to reply, I'm more thinking about it when it's when you might not have decided on a timeline or you want to find out next steps or maybe when you're following up a week later.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you want to reply, I almost feel like ask a question or have something to reply to. Yeah. Yeah. This episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People is brought to you by Citrix. We're obsessed with staying sharp in our careers. So is Citrix. That's why Citrix is bringing you productivity confidential. These bonus episodes cover the latest insights into things like remote work, artificial intelligence and workplace wellness to unlock creativity and productivity at your workplace. Find it wherever you find secrets of the most productive people. Learn more at citrix.com
0: fasco So a lot of you have called in or tweeted at us with great questions about following up after a job interview. So now let's dive into some of those questions. And if you want your question answered on Secrets of the Most Productive People, you
1: can tweet at us with the hashtag FCMostProductive or leave us a voicemail at 201-371-FAST. That number is also
0: in our show notes. All right. So here's the first listener question. Hi, my name is Sasha. Uh, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And uh, I had a great first interview and I just, I really want to know more about the company. What can I do? Is there anything I can do to learn more about this company? Um, thanks. Okay, so here's a related follow-up advice that career experts have suggested when it comes to this specific question. When you write the email to check in to see where they are at in the hiring process, you can also ask for an informational interview with the other team members. Now I know that goes against the whole don't create more work for the hiring manager approach, but if you're in the early stages and you know that there are multiple stages that you still have to get through, this can be worth doing. Because the thing is, there's only so much you can know about a company from the internet and the account of one or two employees. But when you talk to other employees, you learn more information, you can you know, learn very specific things, and you are arming yourself with the tools to ask smarter questions if you do make it to the next stage. Um, you can also engage with the issues that the companies are facing on a more granular level, so that's another tool that you can arm yourself with in terms of you know figuring out how you can maybe solve it or how your experience could be tied to the specific issue. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next question. Hey, this is Eric.
1: So I had a job interview recently and it didn't go very well. I was wondering if there's any um, anything I could possibly do to um, sort of like resurrect the situation and still uh, get a job with this company.
0: Okay, you have thoughts on this?
1: <laughs> um. Oh, uh, well, as as I talked about in the last episode, I flubbed an interview before, and that one, that was, like, kind of the case of, and I think in general, the degree to which you flub the interview, you have to, like, know when to hold them and know when to walk away, yeah. you know? And, like, that particular flub of that interview when I just didn't know my stuff, I had I just knew to walk away. Like, there was no... Kind of saving it after, like, there was no note that I was going to write that was going to say, Well, now I did my research and now I understand (laughs) this publication and, you know, let me say all the things I didn't say in the interview. So I think, yeah, there are some, there are some situations where there is no saving yourself. But if you just were nervous and kind of like didn't answer the questions the way you wanted to, or, you know, maybe feel like you didn't make the best impression or you just, sold yourself short, like there is more that you had to offer and you didn't shine through in the interview. I think there's a lot of ways you can save it. And the thank you note is the first way. I think you can say, I really enjoyed meeting you and I enjoyed these things we talked about. And afterwards, I thought of all of these these other things and let me Mm -hmm. mention them or whatever or acknowledge like I was really nervous. And, you know, I'm very excited to to have the chance to talk to you. And I was just, you know, having some jitters. Um, I'd love the opportunity to talk to you again you know, blah, 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 like that sort of thing. Or you you can ask for another opportunity. You know, like I know that I I didn't present myself in the best way at the interview. I'd love a chance to show you what I can do with X, Mm -hmm. you know, and do a project or a sample memo or something, you know. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I think I actually remember reading about this when that was exactly what happened. The person didn't present themselves well in the interview. And then I think, you know, she somehow knew that the company was looking for like, A new website design so then afterwards i think she sent them like a mock-up oh well i don't know if she ended up getting hired for that specific position but she got like the you know whatever contract to do that and then that's still like something that came out of it so yeah like i think it definitely does take you to you know put your ego in the door a little bit Mm because it can you do have to be very humble Mm -hmm. (laughs) and And acknowledge it
1: and like honestly you know i've had this conversation with other people when i've when i've worked with other people in, in a hiring situation is, yeah, that person didn't interview that well, but maybe they're just not great at interviews.
0: Exactly. Or maybe that's they were the just thing. nervous.
1: I mean, like interviewing well and like speaking well in that sort of situation is a very particular type of skill. And like exactly. that's not going to come up in your actual day to day work, you know, like. A good hiring manager can suss out the type of person you are and the type of person you would be to work with and your skills, even if you don't present yourself the best way in the interview. Yeah. And it's a unique, weird situation that you're not um, likely to be put in in a day-to-day work environment (laughs) of like sit across the table from the two people who will be your bosses asking you questions about yourself. (laughs) About yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you to everyone who asked questions and good luck with all your next steps and following up. After the job interview. And hopefully you're not ghosted. Yes. (laughs) So right now it's time to press
1: pause and get your pen ready because you might want to write this down. How to make a good impression after a job interview. Number one, send a thank you note. Opinions on this may vary, but sending a short message thanking the hiring manager for their time is not only going to benefit you, but it doesn't need to take more than five or
0: ten minutes to do. Number two, be judicious in your follow-up. Keep your notes short and know when to cut your losses. If you email twice and nobody responds, it's probably best to move on.
1: Number three, don't burn bridges. Sometimes a company tells you that they're going to let you know their decision by a certain date only to ghost you or fall short. Now, there's nothing wrong with following up and inquiring, but keep your tone cordial and understanding. Nobody likes an overly demanding candidate and having that kind of demeanor will only hurt you.
0: That's all for this episode. We want to hear your career questions for future episodes. Are you looking for a job and you don't know how to answer when a recruiter asks you what your salary expectations are? Are you starting a new job and you don't know what you need to do to make a good impression on your first week? Leave us a voicemail at 201-371-FAST. That's 201-371-3278. And we'll find an expert to answer your questions. Again, that number is 201 371
1: Three, two, seven, eight, or you can tweet us the question with the hashtag FCMostProductive. Next episode, we'll be talking about everything related to salary negotiation. If this episode was helpful with your job search, please let us know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Secrets of the Most Productive People is produced by Daniel Roth.